And we're back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. All right, let's go ahead and uh, pop on over to our Hammerhead hotline. We'll bring in our good buddy Dustin Schutte from Saturday Tradition. Uh, does such a great job of covering the Big Ten, especially for football. Dustin, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. It's always a pleasure to be here, Jared. Thank you for having me on. So here we are, man. Bowl season. We're ready to go. Um, they've been doled out. Everybody's got some feelings about where they're going and the matchups that they are presented. So uh, you're a Big Ten guy here. You you took a look at the totality of these things. Uh, what was your first reaction to seeing uh, the Big Ten's bowl lineup? Yeah, I mean, I really don't have, and this may not sit well with a lot of people, I don't really have much of an issue um, with the bowl lineup because what we learned a few years ago is basically these things are all about the ratings and getting fans in attendance. You know, back in the day, this used to be more of a, uh, you know, kind of how you would finish in the Big Ten is where you would be slotted, and that's not necessarily the thing anymore. I was a little surprised that Purdue was pegged to go back to the Music City Bowl after just being there just a few years ago, and they'll play Tennessee, you know, the, the hometown team there. Um, you know, there were thoughts that they could get to the Las Vegas Bowl, maybe they get to the Outback Bowl or someplace different. Um I think that the one positive, if you're a Purdue fan, is you don't have to make the trip to New York. You're not going to the Mm -hmm. pinstripe bowl, so that's a positive thing. But that was the only real surprise on my end, just because it had been so recent that Purdue had been there. Uh, The fact that you're playing an SEC team, a a Tennessee team, that obviously is just down the road, so that was a bit surprising. But other than that, I think that a lot of people were maybe a little bit surprised by the Outback Bowl and Penn State making that trip down to Tampa just because they finished 7-5. and And look, Purdue beat two of those teams. They beat Michigan State. They beat Iowa. Those were two losses that Penn State had on their resume. Um, but, again, Penn State's got a much larger fan base, a much larger alumni base. And when you're talking about trying to make money, that's probably what the Outback Bowl is looking at, more than the 8-4 and four versus the 7-5 and five records that those two teams posted this year. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I know these things aren't merit-based here, but you brought up that one, and I know that's uh, something that's been echoed. That That's the reason why we're not down the Outback Bowl. You brought up the Las Vegas Bowl, too. I have... I've literally seen people tweeting, this is Barry Alvarez at work. Purdue should have been in Las Vegas. This is Barry because Barry doesn't want to send the Badgers down to face a Tennessee team that's literally playing a home game here. You buying into that? I mean, I I, I can't uh, report on anything of that nature. Uh, I have no idea. But, I mean, Barry Alvarez has also been doing this for a very long time. He's got a lot of influence. It would not surprise me. If he's uh, pretty good at rubbing some elbows there and, and getting his team out to Las Vegas instead of the Music City Bowl, because Jared, the, the interesting thing is usually these bowl games, these bowl teams, they try to stay away from getting the same team too close together. They don't want, you know, what was Purdue in there, 2018. So this is just basically two years removed because the 2020 season, you can throw that out the window. There was no Music City Bowl in 2020, so they're playing for the second time in three years, basically in this bowl game. That's typically not what you what what bowl representatives are wanting to see. They want to get fresh faces down there. So it is a bit surprising. Like I said, I thought Purdue was going to be in the Las Vegas Bowl. It wasn't a huge surprise to me that Penn State got the Outback Bowl or even Wisconsin the Outback Bowl. But um the rumor mill is probably going pretty strong. Barry's been doing this a long time. I, I can't rule anything out, but I certainly have uh I have no inside information on that front. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We're talking with Dustin Shooty here. <laughs> On the uh, Hammer Down show on uh, 1017 The Hammer. Uh, 
let's let's go from top to bottom here with this uh, bowl schedule. Michigan in the college football playoff. We all know where they get lined up at. Fair or uh, unfair to keep them there at uh, two? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I'm I, I'm not really a big griper, and, and people who you know follow me on Twitter know that this might be a uh, you know out of the ordinary for me. I'm not a huge. I, I don't complain much in terms of when the field is set, where your seating is. Uh, because in my opinion, you have to beat the best in order to be the best. And I know that's a dumb coaching cliche, and it's something we hear all the time. But the fact of the matter is Michigan got slotted in. They, they're going to get the opportunity to compete for a national championship. At some point or another, you'd have to beat either Alabama or Georgia anyway. So why not try to get that, you know, one of the best teams out of the way? So I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's actually a good matchup for Michigan because I think Georgia's defense was exposed a little bit. You know, you look at their schedule, and I know they go 12-0, and but what is their best win, Jared? Is it against a 9-3 and Kentucky team? Is it against a 9-3 and Clemson team that had really go. no offense to speak yeah. of? So, in my opinion, um, you know, I have questions about this Georgia team. It's not that they're not good. It's not that they're not talented. I just – I watched Michigan take on a pretty good Iowa defense and just rip them to shreds, especially in the second half. They've got a really good – one-two punch out of the backfield with Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. Cade McNamara is playing really well. 15 touchdowns, four interceptions this season. They have a lot of weapons. And I don't know that, I mean, you look at Alabama, this might be the second most explosive team that Georgia has seen this season. So even though maybe Michigan fans would have probably liked to play Cincinnati in that first-round game, I still think this is a pretty good matchup and, and one that sets Michigan up to get to the national championship game. See, I'm with you with the matchup. I think the thing that still bothers me is where they're putting. It's an SEC bias. You brought up, you know, Georgia. Oh, so amazing, but not like it was a great, huge upside year for the SEC. Uh, you bring up the wins. When you start comparing the resumes, it kind of turns into a little bit of a joke. But I understand there's more things at play here with you know ESPN and, and, and again, with that SEC bias, they want to turn around and have the exact same game played again. I get that all, but I, I'm with you. I think Michigan still kind of lucks out with this one. Um, you know, Ohio State's going to go out, and uh, what they, they get the Rose Bowl. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, Buckeyes heading out uh, west there? Well, that's going to be a really interesting matchup, and the reason why is because this is a team that had aspirations, obviously, to win a national championship and, and beat Michigan and win a Big Ten championship. That's always the expectation at Ohio State, and even though it's a Rose Bowl, and for 12 or you know even other 13 other teams in the Big Ten, that's a huge accomplishment, but for Ohio State, it almost feels like we didn't accomplish our goals. So I kind of wonder about the mindset heading into that game. We saw a few years ago it really didn't matter. They took it to Washington, even though some guys opted out. I'm going to be really interested to see how many players on this current roster decide to opt out or hit the transfer portal because they're not in the college football playoff. I'm going to be really interested to see how they handle this Utah team that has won six straight. They're playing really good football right now. They beat up on Oregon twice. Um, you know, in the last final stretch there and then in the, the Pac-12 championship game. I, I really think this is a red-hot Utah team and one that Ohio State is, is catching at a really inopportune time. That's not to say Ohio State can't win the game, but I, I do question their mentality because, as I mentioned, you know, this was a team that thought it was going to win a national championship. So to go out to the Rose Bowl and have to play the Pac-12 champion, uh, I think this is going to be a really, really fun matchup uh, and one that's really going to – it really does cap the day on that New Year's Day uh, bowl slate because I think this is a it's it's an underrated matchup in my opinion. 
How awkward is it going to be to watch Wisconsin take on Arizona State? I, I, I'm going to look at these two teams, and I'm just like, at no point do I feel like these two teams should ever like intersect. Not just from like a you know a philosophy, just looking. It's it. What in the world does Wisconsin ever intersect with Arizona State? It just seems like uh, one's from Venus, one's from Mars. It's, this matchup just seems so unreal to me. You know what, though? In a, in a lot of magazines uh, in my high school days and in my college days, and I know we're going back a ways here, Arizona State and Wisconsin were often like in the top three of party schools. So maybe they can all get to <laughs> Vegas and, and converge and have a great That's time why. together. and. and and try to drink drink the city out of beer and and um, but in in terms I think you're right it's an interesting matchup because you couldn't have two more two more different head coaches right Paul Christ is pretty buttoned up he doesn't say a lot Herm Edwards on the other side he'll say whatever comes to his mind he doesn't care um, this is a to me I I really like Wisconsin in this game because of what they have at running back with Braylon Allen he's running all over the place I think that their defense is still one of the best. Um, in the country, to be quite honest. Obviously, they've got a great run defense. They can stop the pass when they need to. They can force turnovers. I think this is going to be a fun matchup. It is kind of an awkward one, but that, to me, this is what makes the bowl season fun. We just talked about uh, you know, Purdue getting to the Music City Bowl two times in basically three years. These are the kind of matchups that you like. You like to see these matchups that you're not hardly ever going to see. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin-Arizona State, in my opinion, is, is absolutely one of those kind of games. That it's two different styles. Uh, you know, in two different parts of the country. This is, I think this is going to be a really fun matchup out in Vegas, too. My favorite matchup, and I'm going to be a little bit biased because it's the hometown and everything, but I really do think this uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl with Michigan State and Pitt is going to be really, really, really interesting. Um, you know, if you're Kenneth Walker III, you did not get the invite to uh, New York for the Heisman. Uh, you know, you can make a case for that. I think a guy that maybe snaked his spot halfway through the season is Kenny Pickett, who is going here. Uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines with this, too, with Narduzzi in, in Michigan State. I mean, there's a lot going on here. I like this matchup. Yeah, I think it's a great matchup, and I'm surprised you didn't introduce it as the Pat Narduzzi Bowl because we've had some spirited <laughs> conversations about Narduzzi coming back to the Big Ten at, uh, a few years ago when we Michigan did. State was looking for a head, head coach. Um, I think you're right. The, the thing that concerns me, though, if I'm Michigan State in this game, I think this is going to be a shootout. I think that this game is going to be in the high 30s into the 40s in terms of scoring because I think that both offenses are electrifying. The interesting thing to me about this is going to be Michigan State's pass defense. It has not been able to stop anyone really through the air this season. Obviously, Pitt throws the ball extremely well, but we learned today that Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, is stepping down um, reportedly because of family uh, reasons. So what's that? what kind of effect is that going to have on Pitt's play calling, on its performance, on players' mindset, things of that nature? But when you look at this statistically, I think Michigan State is going to be able to run the ball extremely well with Kenneth Walker. Um, and, and like you said, he's going to be motivated because of that Heisman stub, snub. And I believe Pitt and Kenny Pickett, they're going to be able to throw the ball all over that Michigan State defense. So I don't care what the over-under is in this game. It's going to hit the over. This is going to be a really fun matchup in Georgia. Um, I, I think that we're going to see a ton of points on the board in this game. It just, to me, my first inclination is that this matchup sets up really well for Pitt because Michigan State's pass defense is so bad. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I still think, like you said, a shootout on the way here. I think that'll be, it's got a lot of good, interesting storylines and everything, too. That's probably my favorite one uh, out of uh, all the bowl games here. Uh, we could talk about Minnesota and West Virginia, but it, it, that doesn't move the needle for me. I don't know if it does for you. Well, I mean, it, it, there's always something interesting to watch for these games. But, I mean, Minnesota, let's face it, I, I, I like watching Minnesota, but they've kind of played a boring brand of football this season. Mm-hmm. It's let's try to get the lead, let's let's run the ground and pound. They don't do much through the air. And then as soon as we get the lead, we're going to try to squeeze the clock um, and, you know, basically play trestle ball. That's what they've done in, in trying to control the time of possession, win special teams, uh, and get things done with great defense. I think that that's going to be a similar game. So if you're looking for exciting football, I don't think that the guaranteed rate bowl is exactly what you're going to be tuning into. But Minnesota's been able to win eight games. They have a great chance to win nine. So you can't knock them too much. It doesn't matter whether it's exciting or not. They've gotten the job done for a majority of the season. It matters to me. I'm the one trying to figure out what games to watch at home, man. <laughs> it's not going to be exciting, man. I'll take a break. Forget it. I mean, I was actually kind of hoping that uh, I got some West Virginia friends, and I was hoping that we'd get that matchup between them and Purdue, but well, it doesn't uh, fall that way. It is what it is, and uh, that is the college. Uh, that's the Big Ten Bowl slate uh, for you here. Uh, Dustin Shooty from Saturday Tradition. They've got articles on all these games helping you break those down, and it sets up, look, the timing sets up at least really nice this year, right, Dustin? I mean, I don't think there's any overlap in any of these games. No, that was just what I was going to say. First of all, if you're wanting to watch the Minnesota game, you might have to tape your eyelids open because that's a 10-15 kick um, lo- local time uh, <sighs> on December 28th. And then you've got one game on the 29th. Then you've got uh, no overlap on the 30th with three sets of games. You get the college football playoff game with Michigan and Georgia. That's the lone game that day. Then you got the only overlap is going to be the Outback Bowl and the Citrus Bowl, 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. And when both of those are over, then we go to uh, out to Los Angeles for the Rose Bowl game. It is just a beautiful slate. You never have to have more than two TVs in your room. And, and for the most part, you can just have it on one game and focus on one Big Ten game. It's an, it's an elite schedule um, if you love Big Ten football because you can watch every single game and focus all your attention just about on every single game this bowl season. And a reminder, we have tons of bowl coverage for you all that week, including the Music City Bowl. That means Kyle and myself will be doing another Boiler Game Day two hours before kickoff. You can read Kyle's stuff over at Saturday Tradition as well. My uh, old friend of me there, I have to say something nice about him today, Dustin. I was mean earlier, so i got to say something nice now. He's all right. Well, I... Oh, that's good. I was going to say, we, we were kind of mean to him last time I was on the show, too, so he probably has earned a, a little... <laughs> You know, a few compliments here and there. Eh, let's not go crazy. Let's not give him more credit than he should get here. All right, Dustin Shooty. Saturday <laughs> Tradition enough. is a tremendous website, despite the efforts of Kyle Charters. Uh, you should definitely check it out. Uh, Dustin, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Enjoy a magical time of the year, my buddy. All right? All right. Thanks, Jared. It's always fun talking with you, and you enjoy the uh, holidays and the bowl season. Will do, buddy. Take care of yourself. All right, we got a break. We're going to come back, and uh, Caitlin from uh, Purdue Sports on with us here, plus uh, more Hammer Down show coming up on 1017 The Hammer, 1017